Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him, to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. This is the word of the Lord. The first event in our Lord's ministry, which Matthew records after his baptism, is his temptation. This is a deep and mysterious subject. There is much of the history of it which we cannot explain, but plain practical lessons lie at the face of the history to which we will do well to take heed. Let us learn in the first place what a real and mighty enemy we have in the devil. He is not afraid to assault even the Lord Jesus himself. Three times over, he attacks God's own son. Our Savior was tempted by the devil. It was the devil who brought sin into the world at the beginning. This is he who vexed Job, deceived David, and gave Peter a heavy fall. This is he whom the Bible calls a murderer, a liar, and a roaring lion. This is he whose enmity to our souls never slumbers and never sleeps. This is he who for nearly 6,000 years has been working at one work to ruin men and women and draw them into hell. This is he whose cunning and subtlety pass man's understanding and who often appears as an angel of light. Let us all watch and pray daily against his devices. There is no enemy worse than an enemy who is never seen and never dies, who is near to us wherever we live and goes with us wherever we go. Not least, let us beware of that light-heartedness and jesting about the devil, which is so unhappily common. Let us remember every day that if we would be saved, we must not only crucify the flesh and overcome the world, but also resist the devil. Let us learn in the next place that we must not count temptation a strange thing. The disciple is not greater than his master, nor the servant than his Lord. If Satan came to Christ, 
he will also come to Christians. It would be well for all believers if they should remember this. They are too apt to forget it. They often find evil thoughts arising within their minds which they can truly say they hate. Doubts, questions, and sinful images are suggested to them against which their whole inward man revolts. But let not these things destroy their peace and rob them of their comforts. Let them remember that there is a devil and not be surprised to find him near them. To be tempted is in itself no sin. It is the yielding to the temptation and giving it a place in our hearts which we must fear. Let us learn in the next place that the chief weapon we ought to use in resisting Satan is the Bible. Three times the great enemy offered temptations to our Lord. Three times his offer was refused, with the text of Scripture as the reason it is written. Here is one among many reasons why we ought to be diligent readers of our Bibles. The Word is the sword of the Spirit. We will never fight a good fight if we do not use it as our principal weapon. The Word is the lamp for our feet. We will never keep the King's highway to heaven if we do not journey by its light. It may be well feared that there is not enough Bible reading among us. It is not sufficient to have the book. We must actually read it and pray over it ourselves. It will do us no good if it only lies still in our houses. We must be actually familiar with its contents and have its texts stored in our memories and minds. Knowledge of the Bible never comes by intuition. It can only be obtained by diligent, regular, daily, attentive, wakeful reading. Do we grudge the time and trouble that this costs us? If we do, we are not yet fit for the kingdom of God. Let us learn in the last place what a sympathizing Savior the Lord Jesus Christ is. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews 2 verse 18. The sympathy of Jesus is a truth which ought to be particularly dear to all believers. They will find in it a mine of strong consolation. They should never forget that they have a mighty friend in heaven who feels for them in all their temptations and can enter into all their spiritual anxieties. Are they ever tempted by Satan to distrust God's care and goodness? So was Jesus. Are they ever tempted to presume on God's mercy and run into danger without warrant? So also was Jesus. Are they ever tempted to commit some one great private sin for the sake of some great seeming advantage? So also was Jesus. Are they ever tempted to listen to some misapplication of Scripture as an excuse for doing wrong? So also was Jesus. He is just the Savior that attempted people require. Let them flee to Him for help and spread before Him all their troubles. They will find His ear ever ready to hear and His heart ever ready to feel He can understand their sorrows. May we all know the value of a sympathizing Savior by experience. There is nothing to be compared to it in this cold and deceitful world. Those who seek their happiness in this life only and despise the religion of the Bible have no idea what true comfort they are missing. 
That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory.